What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome. I'm about to bust out a rap song with that when I'm, I'm, I'm up here jamming. I love it, so it's good. A uh, couple things we want you to do real quick. If you have your worship guide, will you fill out the back of it uh, and drop it as you drop your pens off as you leave? You can drop that off, and we would greatly appreciate it. And also, if you have offering, we have giving boxes around the church. There's about six of them, and then a giving center in the back with a giving kiosk. If you, like me, don't have a lot of cash or checks, you can give on that or give online. So, And we greatly appreciate your generosity. Guys, we have finished the four-point stance, and so this is the one week what's next. And so maybe y'all weren't asking that question, but I was. And so this is what we're going to do today, and we're really excited about it, and here's why. Um, I believe that God is going to use, and if you're a guest with us, man, we're pumped that you're here, and we would love for you to go back and look on, on, on the wall in the back. There's 10 things, and it's kind of what our character is. It's what our culture of our church is and is becoming, and so we would love for you to look at that, and we're very excited about that, but having said that, now what do we do? Like, like we have these things, and we, and we started with this, right? We exist to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel. And, and I believe that that is God's plan for our church, not Mark's plan. That, that he deeply desires to reach lost people with the gospel because he said, I came to seek and to save the lost. That he didn't come for the healthy but the sick. That he came on this earth not only to die for us but to live for us. And that is good news. And this is what I want you to know this morning, guys. Some of you, some of you this message I really believe is going to greatly help you where you are today because it's greatly helped me. And I'm just kind of giving you what has been being preached to me for a week. And it's this. If you're in a storm, if you're in a frustrating time, uh, man, God's for you. But here's the deal. This is what I think we mess up on, okay? I want everybody to look this way. Look right here. God isn't just for you so you can get saved and miss hell. And I think a lot of people misinterpret this about church. Like, almost everybody has heard if you... Ask Jesus into your heart, you get saved. And they get that part. But, but a lot of those people that pray a prayer and never do it actually get saved because they never give their heart and life to Jesus Christ completely because they don't get this part. The gospel is good news because he lives for you. I, I, I'm going to repeat that because that's good, okay? That's really good news. The gospel is good news. It literally translates good news because Jesus didn't only die, but he lives for you, so you don't just get to miss hell and gain heaven, but you get to have hope, joy, pe <coughs> excuse me, peace. That's all good things. It's not just missing hell. It's also having hope and peace on this earth right now. That's a good thing. Someone needs to say amen. That's good, right? That's good. And so this is what we're asking out of you. This week, this week, this is your homework, okay? I'm giving it to you before the test. I'm giving it to you ahead of time. This is what we're asking you to do. If you're a four-pointer, if you're not, just stay with me. If you want to do this, that'd be awesome. But if you're a four-pointer, you have social media, we're going to give, we're going to do a Facebook profile picture. It's going to have the number 300 on it with some cool stuff. Our goal is to have 300 people next week. Not in one service, but that would be awesome. But, but 300, both services. And we've, we've had over 200 almost every week this summer. A uh, hundred more people on average than last summer, so we're extremely excited. But, but, that, but we believe this is just the beginning of where God wants to take us. And it's not because we want a bunch of people in here so we can put stuff on social media. We want to do it because this church exists to reach people that are very far from Jesus Christ with the gospel. That's the good news. That's why we're doing this. Because there are least lost and lonely people out there. And guys, 
That's our job. That, like, it's not a job. It's our calling in life. If you call yourself a Christ follower today, this isn't an option. We have to share the good news because otherwise it's not good news, is it? If, if, if someone gives you a good piece of good news, you don't like keep it to yourself. You go tell everybody and blab. Well, let's, it's time to blab. It's time to get going. And so when you take those invite cards that are four by six, man, give them out face-to-face invite people this week and tell them, don't just say, hey, come to church. Tell them why it's good news because they're going to hear the gospel and they can hear it and see it from you. So, so that's just the little opening piece. But uh, here's the deal. This is where I feel like a bunch of us are. How many of you guys, uh, how many of you guys, I want you to raise your hand. How many of you guys went to college? If you didn't, please don't feel bad because I envy you. How many of you guys went to college? How many of you guys went to college? Okay, a lot of us. Okay. Keep your hands up if you went to college. Keep them up. If, did you live in the dorm? Did you live on the campus? All right. This is for you. For you guys that didn't, um, it's okay, but this is awesome because I need y'all to know this. The best part about college was not the classes for dad gum sure. Someone say amen to that, right? And it wasn't the early morning workouts, and it wasn't, some of y'all didn't have to do that, but it wasn't, it wasn't any of those things. It was one thing, and if you're, if you're a dude, I don't, know, I don't know what it's like to be a lady, but if you're a dude, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, we, you study, okay, and then you go to Waffle House, because that's just a prerequisite of college. I'm really not sure why. And you go to Waffle House, and at 1 a.m., you're still studying, right, whatever. And then, like, you're doing your stuff, and then you go to bed, you get three or four hours sleep, you go to class, you go to class, you go to class, you eat lunch, and then what do you do? Someone needs to say it out loud. Someone say amen to that. That's right. You take a nap. But a nap's not good enough, okay? It's not good enough just to take a nap. You got to black it out in the room. I mean, it's got to be like so dark that you cannot see your hand this far in front of you. So this is what my roommates and I did. We got, we had two windows. If you can picture it, we had two windows on this side of the room. My bed was here. Roommates' beds were here. And we had like this desk stuff in the middle and very open room. But the windows, like, it was direct sunlight 24-7. It was crazy, even at night, whatever. So, so like, we took, we took towels and we put them in the windows, okay? Then we took blankets on, on the outside because just a towel or just a blanket's not enough. No way light's getting through. Then there was a little, a little crack in the door, so we bought a nice weather strip and put it in the door. Then we put towels down, and we put caulk around the windows to make sure it's sealed perfectly because there is no reason to have any light. It needs to be totally dark. So the only light we had, we had this little, um, it was actually pretty big. We had an alarm clock, and it was red, and we would put a towel over it because there's no sense in having that red light on. I mean, it needs to be a dungeon. And so it was fantastic. And just adding this in, it also needed to be about 60 degrees, maybe slightly below that, so you can see your breath, and you cover up, and you get cocooned up, and you just go into that hibernation. Praise be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was fantastic. It was unbelievable. So this was most days in college. I'm just being honest. Like, thankfully, my parents aren't listening to this because they're like, we paid for some of that, so that sucks that we wasted our money on that. But that's what we did. I mean, we stayed up, we studied some, and we, like, whatever, and then we took naps. And I'm being honest. This is what happened to me almost every time, and it's crazy because I knew where I wanted to go. When I got up, because you, so, you know, get up to pee or get up to do whatever, and if your roommate's still sleeping, roommates are still sleeping, you know, you try to be respectful. This has happened to y'all. You get out of bed, and it is dark. Like, you can't see anything unless you didn't make a dungeon, but it's really dark. You can't see anything. And I would step out, and how is there nothing in the floor 
when the lights are on. But if I can't see, your kid puts something in the middle of the freaking floor. And y'all know y'all think cuss words like I do, right? <laughs> Kick it out of the way and just, what's that? Do? Right? And so it, it seemed like every time I didn't have toys. It was just stuff was in right there. I'm like, oh. Then I step on it. And then if I just got, if I slid out of my bed and walked straight, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the door. But we would close the door. And I ran into a solid wood door a few times. Bam! And luckily I have a really hard head. But other times I would hit like the closet and I would just go, what is, <laughs> bless your heart, Mark. Like, you're okay. You're not, you're, you got all your, your faculties are together. Why are you doing this? And it just reminds me of life, honestly. It reminds me of life. And maybe y'all don't feel this way, but I believe some of you probably do today. We know where we want to go. And we've been there before. We, we've taken this trail many times. We've stepped out and we've done this thing before. So why is it that I'm running into the wall, stepping on the toy, or much worse? Why is it that I feel like all hell's breaking loose in my life and everything's falling down on me? Why is this happening? Because I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where I'm supposed to go, and I have good intentions of where we're going. God, I, I have good intentions, and I feel that way for this church. I want you all to know this. We have really good intentions, and I believe it lines up with God's will with all my heart. I know, biblically speaking, we can line it up, but sometimes we're wrong. And we have to gather information and keep looking to God, keep looking to God, keep looking to God. But listen to me carefully. Listen to me. If you walk away from here and you're, like, you're not a Christian, You've never, you've never been into this God stuff before and you, you don't know what you think or whatnot. Hey, stick with this because I'm telling you, it's a good principle. And you can walk out and you can say, that pastor, he's nuts. But this will help you. Intentions don't, don't lead us where we need to go. It's direction, not intentions that leads us to our destination. Directions, not intentions, lead us to our destination. Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 gives us a great example of what this, it says the heart of man's plans, excuse me, the heart of man plans his ways. That's good. Matter of fact, when, when, you, when, you're, when your heart is lined up with God's heart, it brings him honor. But listen, the Lord establishes his steps. This is where I get confused. This is why I step on the toys and step on the, and then even worse, y'all have been in the woods before, then you're lost. And you're like, oh snap. Oh, snap. Like this Friday, um, a couple friends of mine and I went up, to, um, went up to a place called the Reserve near, um, near Lake Kiwi or right on Lake Kiwi to play golf. And, and I use Google Maps because it works every time. And it reminds me of this, this passage. Um, Google Maps has never failed me. <laughs> They're really good and they know all the roads. So I'm going down the roads, and it says I'm going to be there in three minutes, and I'm feeling good, and I'm about to pull in, and it's a road that is impassable. And I get that feeling, you know, like I was an hour early, so it's good, and I get that feeling come over me like I had made plans, <laughs> and my way was set, but someone else <laughs> had a different plan. And the, there was a roadblock and a rock in the way and you, that you couldn't pass either way. And I had no idea how to get around because Google couldn't find it. Like, Google kept saying, turn this way. Nope, impassable. Turn this way. And I was freaking out. And then I got farther into the mountain, 
in the sticks up there in Salem or whatever that place is. And I, I was just like, this is freaking ridiculous. I don't like this. I want to know where I'm supposed to be. I've gone from 4G to no G, and I don't like this. And what do I do, right? I, this is terrible. And I thought about this verse. I had great intentions. I even punched it in on Google Maps, and I was lost. Lost. I was like, God, I did the right thing. How does this happen in my life? Some of y'all this morning, it's not Google Maps. Eventually, I found my way, by the way, but it's not Google Maps. It's life, isn't it? Your life feels like a, a, a storm that is overwhelming you, and it's a mess, and you don't know why. Because, listen, you woke up, and you said, God, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to do the right thing. And this is the, this is the mystery of being a human being and being a Christ follower. If, if that's what you are today, this is, the, this is the story that I don't know that anyone told us, but all of us seem to believe. That if I live for Jesus, like if, if I have intentions to follow him, th then everything should be rosy. Right? Everything should be good. My life should be, should be happy. God should do miracles in my life where, where people see him, people get saved. Like, we want that, guys. I'm, I'm serious. More than anything else in the world, I want to see people far from him that are least lost and lonely come to Jesus. And so, God, why? I don't understand. Some of y'all feel that way, don't you? Don't raise your hand. Some of y'all feel that way. I don't understand. God, why would you allow this person to die? I don't get it. Why would you allow this person to get sick? Why would you... Why would you allow my husband to do that to me, my wife to do that to me. God, why, why would you allow this sickness? Why would you allow this hurt? Why would I lose my job? It doesn't make sense. God, I've done this for you. Where are you in this? Where are you in this? This makes no sense. I'm lost. Google Maps told me to turn right. I thought I was doing the right thing. I had, I had made plans, God. Why didn't you fulfill my plans? And that's where the tension lies, isn't it? It's my plans. And that's constantly the battle that I have. I'm, I'm not looking to the Lord where he is truly establishing my steps, nor am I looking at the bigger picture. I'm saying, God, these circumstances stink, and I don't like them, so change them or I'm gone. I'm out. Give me happiness or I'm out. There's no promise for happiness. There's promise for peace. There's no promise for happiness. There's promise for joy in the middle of your circumstances. And it's hard. Hard. Matter of fact, listen, when you're a Christ follower, sometimes it's harder. But we put these stipulations on God and we say, God, it has to be this. You've done this before, so it has to be this. It has to be this. And listen to me. Listen. We have great intentions to follow Jesus and we miss our destination because we do not let him establish our steps. It is his direction, not my intentions, that lead to my ultimate destination in Jesus Christ. He's got something for you. Look at me. He's got something for you. He, this is not feel good. This is, this is a promise from the king. This is not from Mark. Forget that I'm up here. This is from the king of kings. He believes in you. He lives for you. He fights for you. And he hasn't given up on you. He has not given up on you. But he has to establish your steps. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Imagine being one of the disciples, guys. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And if you've ever been in church before, you've spent much time, you've, you're familiar with this passage. But I think it's so cool because of the circumstances around it. So just picture with me. Just, just imagine. 
what it must have been like to be on a, a fairly good-sized hill, a mountain, small mountain, and see Jesus feed 5,000 men and women and children. And it's a fun story. And then we tell our kids, and we, we get little pieces of bread, and we break it, and we act like we're praying, and we do it. No, but it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. There were, there were at high school football games, some of y'all went to Dorman and Gaffney, and there were some, some Greenville High School and Burns, and, like, the, there was a lot of crowds. There. It was double the size that those crowds were probably were what was actually there, 12,000 or more. And with five loaves and two fish, Jesus fed them all. <laughs> That's good. Like right then, this is what I'm thinking when, I'm, when I read this. Like if I, when I put myself in that place and I'm one of the disciples, I'm going to be the one that's cocky. And I'm talking junk to like all the dudes that don't like Jesus. <laughs> Touchdown, right? <laughs> he just did that. Got him, right? That's my man. I follow him. <laughs> What'd your dude do? Because we, we did it. He's that dude that did the five loaves and the two fish, and your guy's still talking, but ain't nobody listening to him. That's my man, right? So, so right at this point, you feel good about yourself. You just saw him feed 12,000 people with a little bit of food. Immediately, this is what I would do. I would sit down with all my boys, because this is what I've done. I would sit down with all my boys, and we would have share time, right? Isn't that what you do? After God does something, you have share time. You sit around in a circle. You make a little campfire, and you have share time. You throw your stick in when you don't want to do bad stuff anymore, and, and you have share time. Like you, you talk about all the stuff that God has done. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Like It's amazing, isn't it? It's awesome. So what was Jesus doing? It's time for share time, Jesus. What are you doing? And about 7 or 8 o'clock, the people were starting to leave. And it's time to just sit and maybe go back to the house and just have a good time. What's that first word? Y'all say it out loud. Say it loud. Immediately. Immediately. That doesn't make sense. Can't we enjoy it? Can't we sit and just sit down and enjoy what we've done? Nope. That, that word in the Greek, y'all know what it means? Immediately. Right now. Just like that. Immediately he made the disciples get in the boat and go before him, not with him, before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Can y'all picture that? There's still 12,000 people there. and he's, This is the front row is the disciples. He's like, y'all go. The boat's waiting. Go down there. It's not even dark yet. The sun is dropping down at 7, 8 o'clock. Y'all go. Go to the boat. I'm not going to have been like, come on, man. Can we have fun, celebrate, get all these people out of here, and we can clean up a little bit? No, go. Immediately. First thing you need to know, guys. Sometimes, sometimes the circumstances that you're heading to are in or are leaving. All the time, it's God allowing that to happen in your life. Now, listen, listen. If it's sin caused by temptation in my flesh, stuff that I want to do and I desire to do, but it's bad, that's not Jesus. That's not him alone. That's, that's me fighting my flesh. But, but when it storms in your life, he pushes them out. He, he says, no, go right now. No, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. I'll clean up the bread. I'll clean up. I'll get those things up. Just go. Just go. I'll get rid of them. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And I'm the one that would have wanted to go up with him and pray with him and be with him because he's Jesus, man. But they obeyed him and they went. Verse 24. 
When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time, you get that when evening came. So, so they had left and the sun's going down. And it was a long way from the land. The Sea of Galilee, not a huge body of water, but big enough to be scary. If you're in the middle of it and you don't know where to go. And the storm is coming over. It would be awful. And they didn't have motors. So they couldn't just drop the... right. They couldn't do all that stuff. They, they were in the middle. It was a long way from the land. It was beaten by the waves. For the wind was against them. Do you ever, when you're reading the Bible, picture these things of what it would have looked like to be out in the middle of this lake of Tiberias, or, or it's also called the Sea of Galilee, in the dead middle of it. And there's, there's waves coming in that are eight feet tall and they're white capping and your boat sits this off the ground. So you're just taking in tons of water and you're having to take buckets and buckets and other people are running stuff and you're, you're, one of you are holding down the sail and, and you're just freaking out because it's not a big boat. And there's 12 of us on it. There's not even hardly enough room for us to do it and there's so much water. Our boat's beginning to sink. What are we going to do? Life is awful all around us. Well, some of you right now are in that position, aren't you? And you're not literally in water. But life circumstances are just like this. And this is what's crazy. Did Jesus not just tell us a few hours ago to immediately go? What is he doing? He just did that thing that was so awesome. He was the man. Like everybody praised him and everybody, everybody wanted his autograph. And we were going to give autographs too because we were behind him and it was awesome. It was all good. And then you send us to this. What are you doing? God, we had good intentions. <laughs> We, we were going we to line people up and we were going to have a book selling session and we were going to have all the books laid out that he had written and, 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 and we, we were going to do all this stuff and everybody was going to come know Jesus. And we're going to make a big name. I want a big name, Jesus. I want people to know my name. I want people to, to when I walk into a store, they recognize me. So you can't put me through this storm. And all of us have that inner desire, even though we'll throw Jesus into the mix, right? We'll pull him along. We'll pull him along. You're with me. You keep, you keep making that bread and fish. That's awesome, bro. We have the inner desire that everyone knows our name, and then we'll throw in so that Jesus' name can be great, right? But as soon as a storm comes, nah, man, I'm out. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for the bread and fish part and the mountaintop part and the fun part where everybody knows me. I didn't sign up for the middle of the, of the sea where it's like a hurricane and all hell's breaking loose in my life. My kids are going nuts. I don't know what to do. My husband's mad at me. My wife's mad at me. I don't, I don't know what to do. I had great intentions. God, are you listening to me? What is the matter? And we, and we lose sight of, of Jesus. Listen. Most likely, at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, they got into a boat, and they had witnessed one of the greatest miracles. We can't even fathom how great of a miracle. And this says, and at the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. At the fourth watch of the night was between 3 and 6 a.m. You would think between 8 p.m. when he had said go, right, and 3 a.m. the same night, next morning, but the same night, you would remember a miracle of God. This is how temporary we are. Because we're like, I wouldn't have done that. My gosh, yes we would. We do it every day. I do it every day. Got my circumstances changed. I was happy then, 
They said, oh, it's not as good now. It really is mind-boggling when you read the story and then frustrating when you consider yourself. When I consider myself. God, you did so much. It was so amazing. You did, we're going to what? The other side. And at the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. It says, but when the disciples saw him walking, this is so crazy, y'all. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and they said, it's a ghost. You ever get so deep in your storm? So far in, so far out of what was awesome and that feel good that happens when God does something in our lives. We're on the mountaintop. We get a raise. God is with me. I got a promotion. My name was in the paper. On the internet, people wrote good things about me. At work, they bragged on me. I got flowers at work today. That was amazing. Someone did five loaves and two fish. That was awesome. And as soon as it turns, we don't even recognize the one that sent us in the boat a few hours before. And here's what's crazy. We are angry at the storm. We are angry. I can just picture it. And I'm reading in a little bit. But I think rightfully so. Buckets out. Buckets out. Can you believe that dadgum Jesus put me in this boat? Can you believe he he would send us out here? All he's got to do. Man, we could have gone up with him on that mountain and prayed. And he could have given us all the food he wanted. Man, if he can make five loaves and two fish, if he, if he can do that and feed 12,000 people, then he could. we could have filet tonight. Whatever we want. And we could have nice cars, man. Driving this piece of junk. God, look at all these other people. Look what I don't have. I don't have, look at this, God. Why don't, why don't you make me happy? Because yesterday you did, so what happened today? Like a roadblock comes up in my life and in some of your lives right now. Where as long as it's my way, I'm okay. But as soon as it's not my way, I'm out. As soon as it's not my way, I'm out. And this is the tragedy in the Christian church today. We never reach our destination. God has a plan for the storm. He intends for the storm to come so that he can be glorified and so that he can teach us. Because if we were only on the mountaintop, we wouldn't need God. He sends us to those storms so that he can show us the way, show us the path, get us to the next place, and love us through them. He allows these things to happen. Not only that, but he pushed them out in it. Like, how does a loving God do that? Because he was always with them. He never gave up on them. Even in death, he's with us because we have life in him. There is never, ever, ever a time for hopelessness. There's always hope. Hopelessness arrives when I look at my circumstances over my Savior, just like they were doing. They said, it's a ghost. And they were terrified. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Guys, today we have good news, but it's not just we miss hell. It's that in our storms, we have hope in a Savior that lives for you today. Romans 8 says that on the right hand of God at this moment, when you call out to him, he intercedes on your behalf, meaning he still is living 
for you today. He didn't just live for you for 33 years and die. He rose again and he's alive today. There is hope in Jesus right now. The good news does not start or finish. It has always been. It is Jesus is alive. He is risen and that is why we have hope and we have to listen for his Listen for his words. Listen, look for his voice. Look for his, look for his face. Look, look for, but so many times he's a ghost because my circumstances are around me. He says, do not be afraid. You've let, you've let this storm, man, you've let these circumstances, you've let them, you let them get all over you. And, and you're looking at everything else in your life. He's like, bro, I'm right here. I'm right here. This is the part that I love. Next verse. I like to think that I would have been like this. I probably wouldn't have, but I like to think that I would have been Peter. Getting out of the boat, been like, I got this. It says, Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out of the, and come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. <laughs> Peter's that dude, man. He cuts people's ears off. He's awesome. Cusses at people. I, you shouldn't do that. But it, I like Peter. It's, he's good. Peter's good, man. He's going to get out of the boat. It's, it's awesome. So anyway, next verse. Here we go. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind. Now, isn't this interesting? Peter's that bold, brash personality. And he gets out of the boat. He said, I'll come. I believe it's you. Talk to me. He gets out. I can just see him, man. Like there's waves crashing all around him. And these aren't like, these aren't like Hartwell waves. These are, these are Hawaii 5-0 monsters. And you're scared to death. But you're walking out and you're like, there's Jesus. I got my eye on Jesus. I got my eye on a wave and I'm looking down at the wave. And even when we see him and we're with him and we walk toward him, we still let life circumstances overwhelm us. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, where feet may fail. Like, I think that song's about us. In our circumstances. And I think it's Peter, man. He says, I will call upon the, your name. And keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise. My soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine. Guys, he is ours and we are his. You are sons and daughters of the king if you know him. And if you don't, we want you to know him. That is the good news. You don't have to do something. He cannot love you more if you do something awesome. If you go, if you go ask a thousand people to church and they all come and you witness to people and you do amazing things and you give all your money away or you do something awful that, that you can't even imagine you would ever do. And I don't understand this, but I know this is God. He loves you the same. Because he is love. We don't do it to gain his love. We do it because he is love. And the result of that is Jesus. This is what you miss. And this is what I miss every single day. I miss Jesus. I look at those daggum waves all around me. I look at the wind. I look at all the other things in my life. And I take my off. And Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Since we're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? We have brothers and sisters that are Christ followers that we can lock arms with when the waves are coming. Let's throw off all the stuff that entangles us and the sin that overwhelms us and let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because the storms are coming and it overwhelms me. But he's the author and the perfecter of our faith because with the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he's seated on God's right hand now. 
And this is the best part. He's interceding for you in spite of all that he's done for you. You would think he could just hang himself on the mantle and say that's enough. But that is amazing. If that doesn't do something in your soul, you don't know him. It does something to me that messes me up, tears up my insides. Why would he love me? And then I still get overwhelmed in the storm. Guys, it's time to stop looking at the waves and look to Jesus. That's the only hope we have. And that's the hope of glory. We have so much hope in him, but we constantly look, God, you need to do this. You need to do this. We can walk out of here, guys, with great intentions, but it's not enough. And he looked down, and Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took him, saying, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you look at your storm and not me? Why did you doubt? Next verse. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Can you just imagine that? You watch Peter get out of the boat. You watch him sink. Jesus pulls him up. You assumed he was a ghost. You had seen him feed 5,000, but you were so caught up in your storm that he sent you to to get you to your destination, but you didn't know it because we focus on the wrong things. And you're throwing out water, throwing out water. And Jesus steps in the boat, and it stops. As calm as a walk on the beach on a 75-degree day with no humidity and your feet up, that's what it was like. From a hurricane to perfection to paradise in seconds. And this is what the thought is. God, why didn't you just do that all along? I'm going to be honest with you, there's good news. That's going to happen. It's called heaven. And you'll get there someday if you know Jesus. But that's not his intentions right now for you. His intentions for you is to change the world through you. To use you, to use you, to reach people that are very far from him, to bring him glory and honor so that people with their own will, by their own choice, say, God, I will follow you. I don't know where it leads. <laughs> I'm going to make plans that I hope line up with your plans and, and, and have good intentions. But ultimately, sometimes good intentions lead you into the wall. <laughs> sometimes good intentions lead you to step on the toy. Sometimes good intentions lead you to get lost in Salem and you don't know where to go. That ain't always good enough. Directions, not intentions, lead to our destination. Guys, some of us right here need to get up, stop looking at our storms, and get out of the boat and say, Jesus, I, I know you're there. I'm walking towards you. I believe that you want me to do something. Some of us need to get out of the boat. Stop focusing on all the circumstances in your life. And guys, I know some of them are awful. You say, Pastor Mark, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill. Guys, he said he never leave us or forsake us. I don't know what that means for you. But guys, Matthew chapter 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will, will come unto you. I'm not saying your bill will be paid for. I'm saying don't worry what you can't control. Focus on Jesus. Seek the king and the kingdom. You cannot control circumstances. You can only control what you do with your will. And that's either follow or be in charge. So many times we are in a storm and we have all the controls. Give it up. You can't control a storm. You're not big enough. You're not powerful enough. But guess what? We serve a God that like this can make every storm in our life cease 
or push us in them because he wants us to take us to the other side. It is at the point that we focus our eyes on Jesus that we will understand the destination that he wants us to take. And sometimes the meantime is a long time. But embrace those times because he is teaching you something and he's preparing you for your future. He is preparing you for your future. Guys, there's not one person in this room. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to help you understand this is a promise of God. There's not one person that can hear my voice right now that God doesn't want to greatly use. But your good intentions as you leave here are not good enough. You have to be grounded and rooted in his direction for your life. That's getting in the word every day. Psalm 119, his word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I have to be grounded in him. I have to pray, God, I don't just pray to you like a genie and try to get good stuff, but I give you my life. I offer you this body of sacrifice today. Lead me, guide me. I will follow wherever you say go. I give him the first of my everything. I give because I get to give, not because I have to so he doesn't hate me. My generosity is an overflow of his love in me. All of these things are because I focus on Jesus and not my circumstances. The moment that I do, I will look and say, this is what I do not have so I cannot give. It is the most freeing thing in the world. And guys, listen to me. Look, look, look. Some people in here are in the middle of a storm and much more free than you'll ever be until you have Jesus. You must, you must, you must stop focusing on your circumstances. Stop trying to have good intentions and then it leads you to getting lost and have the direction that comes only from being rooted in Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Guys, I want you to keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute and answer one question for me. Pastor Mark, I honestly believe I'm in a storm or I, I feel lost, but the truth is I don't know how to look for Jesus because I've never given him my life. Some of you guys may have prayed a prayer when you were a kid to try to miss hell and gain heaven and never fully gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ because he lives for you. It's not just a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a surrendered heart. Some of you may have never heard the story of the gospel before, and you want to do that for the first time. But guys, this is the opportunity that we want to give you. In the middle of your storm, to know Jesus and to have life in his name, to be free. If that's you this morning, we just want you to raise your hand right where you are and say, Pastor Mark, I need to be saved. I want life in Jesus Pastor Mark, just raise your hand as high as you can and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I need to be saved right now. I need to be saved. I need Jesus to come in my life and save my soul. Just raise it up right now where you are. Raise it up. Say, Pastor Mark, that's me. That's me. This is for every single person in this room. You're heading toward a storm. You're in the middle of a storm. You're, you're exiting because God's done teaching you this thing. But have no fear. Even if you're exiting a storm, there's another one coming embrace it God intends to teach you something amazing and to show himself greatly through you if you're in the middle of that today and you lack joy and you're frustrated and you felt like throwing your hands up in recent days and it's your desire when you leave here not to just have good intentions of following him but to be directed by him I just want you to lift your hand up and say pastor Mark pray for me pray for me right where I am right where I am thank you right where I am I'm struggling I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I need your prayer. Thank you. Hands all over the room. God, you know our hearts. You know our minds. You know our ways. God, not only do you know our storms, but you allow them to teach us, and in one breath you can stop it. God, my prayer is not that you'll stop storms, 
but that you'll show us what you want us to do and lead us to our destination and give us grace in the meantime and favor that only you can do. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit anointing will fall on this place and on these individuals, not so that we can be known, not so that people will say four points, four points, four points, but so that they'll say Jesus and that they'll know your name. It is our desire, God, to reach your people with your gospel. And I do not believe, not even a little bit, that we come close to wanting to reach this community as much as you. God, enable us, use us, empower us to, to reach our destination as this church and what you would have us be in the next months and years and every single week so that we can glorify and honor you and many people can come to Jesus. And we ask these things for your glory and your name because we love you, Jesus. Amen.